0: welcome and thank you for joining the society for clinical research sites for scrs talks i'm jimmy bechtel the vice president of site engagement for scrs scrs talks is a program that allows our partners and those that we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern share exciting achievements and learn more about our amazing community today we have doug Petticord, the executive director of acro to share more about their relationship with SCRS and about their celebrating 20 years since their inception. Doug, if you wouldn't mind a brief introduction from yourself.
1: Thanks very much, Jimmy. It has been my pleasure to interact with um, SCRS since the beginning of the Society for Clinical Research Sites. Um, And it's a pleasure to be with you today couple of quick words about myself. Um, I started as a clinician, as a clinical psychologist in my first career. Um, I went to Capitol Hill as a congressional fellow in the mid-90s. Um, and I never really returned to clinical practice after that. I instead became involved with health policy, health lobbying, um, and was present at the creation of ACRO uh, some 20 years ago. As I say, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure to work with um, SCRS um, and to now celebrate your 10th anniversary in the same year in which we just celebrated our 20th. So I look forward to our conversation.
0: Thanks, Doug. Uh, you know, speaking to that, right, the Association for Clinical Research Organizations, ACRO, right, is celebrating 20 years since inception, as you mentioned. Based on ACRO's experience working with clinical research technology companies and CROs, what do you see as the biggest challenges in clinical research we have addressed in the past two decades?
1: I thought of really two avenues that have changed in real major ways over the last 20 years. The first is I think our industry, and I say that as sponsors and CROs and technology companies and research sites. I think one of the things that we have, that we are succeeding with doing is really focusing on patients. I think 20 years ago, there was always an emphasis on science and there remains an emphasis on science in in clinical research you want to do good science to under that to underlie the development of new drugs and new treatments but i think what we've gotten a lot better at is involving the patient the participant in research in the research everything from protocol design to um efforts at making research participation easier and not so burdensome for patients I think that's been that 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 remains a a real task for us um, but I think that focus on patients has has really um, improved a lot over the last 20 years. Um, the second thing that I think about is the introduction of and the proliferation of technology in the clinical research process. So, especially 20 years, looking at 20 years ago, You know, this was always a very much a labor-intensive paper and pencil kind of practice with enormous amounts of paper generated and notes taken on backs of envelopes in terms of collecting research data. I think we successfully have made some real transitions to things like electronic data capture um, and the use of mobile devices as as ways to bring our sector into the modern world. You know, there's sort of the rest of of, of our economy has transitioned well, I think, largely well into technology applications. And I think we are there too. That's not to say that there are not Issues with technology applications, and we'll talk about that. You know, technology is, is very much a good um, and occasionally its own new burden. And so I think we're, we're, we're looking at that. But those are the two things that I think. I think it's the focus on patients, and I think it's the the use of technology in clinical research that really have changed a lot over these last 20 years.
0: Those are really great examples, Doug. And I resonate absolutely with. The um the the focus on patients that one really has stood the test of time and has been something that has been developing really over the course of, of those years and and even when I started in clinical research speaking to technology as well uh, it's vastly different um the, today than it was back when uh, when I started just uh, a, a few years ago in in clinical research so thank you for those examples really really great ones. Well, we're all very excited for ACRO's plenary session at the 2022 Global Site Solutions Summit on the landscape of risk-based quality management. Can you share what ACRO will be talking about and highlighting in that session and what you're hoping the audience can take away from that talk?
1: Sure, Jimmy. So so 20, 2021 uh, marks the third year of our risk-based monitoring, risk-based quality management uh, landscape survey. That survey really came about out of conversations with the FDA about the encouragement of RBM and RBQM by regulators, both FDA and EMA and others around the world, as the preferred approach for the conduct and oversight of clinical research. And we realized that um, while everyone, all sponsors sort of claimed to be using RBM and RBQM, that we actually didn't know very much about the actual application of risk-based quality management. And so we surveyed the CROs and technology companies for clinical trial level data each year around 5000 to 6000 clinical trials and for the application the adoption of RBM and RBQM over those 3 years and so one of the things we'll do i know that that Anina Adelphio my colleague and her colleagues um, we'll be talking about in the plenary session is the sort of three year trends in the adoption of RBM and RBQM. And so, for instance, one of the things some of the things we see are um, almost universal application of risk assessments as part of the oversight of a uh, the, the design of and then oversight of a clinical trial. We are seeing slower adoption of centralized monitoring and a variety of other aspects of RBQM. And so we'll talk about sort of both the, the parts of risk-based quality management that have been easier and harder um, to adopt over those three years. And then I think in terms of the the, the kind of takeaway for sites at the summit, I think one of the things that the the plenary will talk to is the kind of shall we say post COVID, if we are almost post COVID, uh, the kind of post COVID normalization of remote monitoring, as well as the return to in person site visits. So as we have you know as we come out of, are coming out of the COVID era. We've obviously, sponsor sites, CROs, have all um, exhibited a lot of flexibility in the conduct and oversight of trials. Um, And so, you know, one of the things we're going to speak to, I think, is um, what will normal look like in the in the post COVID environment, how do we how do we continue to keep the lessons learned during COVID, um, as well as um, uh, working with regulators around their expectations for for how trials will be overseen going forward?
0: Excellent, Doug. Lots to unpack there around what the um, again what the sites and and the community needs to know about how important risk based quality management can be so thank you for that explanation i want to talk a little bit about our relationship uh doug as as you had mentioned you you guys are are nearly twice our age but since our inception it's always been something that has been a strong relationship and, and a focus that i know christine our founder had valued tremendously and Again, that relationship has been very symbiotic. What role does the site voice and sustainability of the sites do to impact the work that Acro does?
1: So, from the beginning, now well, let me let me let me first of all offer my congratulations for ten years. I think that's a that's that's a huge accomplishment. Um, and I have to say, I I, I knew Christine Pierre. Uh, as a friend and colleague um, some years before um, scRS was founded when Christine was a site champion um, before there was a before there was a site organization um, and I think as I look at that relationship one of the things that came out of sort of my experience I suppose was um, I very much encouraged Christine around the formation of SCRS because my point of view was that so CROs and technology companies had 20 years ago decided that it was important for their voice to be heard, especially in regulatory conversations. You know, because at that point in time, obviously regulators were important, sponsor companies were very much important, um, uh, and to some extent, academic organizations were really important. Voices that were missing 20 years ago in the regulatory conversations... Um included the voices of CROs and of technology companies and and very much the voices of clinical research sites. You know from my perspective, the two essential, really essential stakeholders, players in the clinical research enterprise are patients and sites. Those are the two things that you genuinely need to do clinical development. So when Christine was was being a champion and considering putting together SCRS or forming SCRS, um, I certainly encouraged her around the idea of the need for the site voice to really be part of the conversation. And I continue to feel that today. So, you know, for us, Um, For ACRO, I think one of the things that we've tried to do is to ensure um, that CROs and technology companies, as they develop products, as they deploy services, really are aware of impact on sites. You know, when we look at things like research burden. We need to look at burden on patients, and we need to look at burden on sites. And so I think that's been um, a piece of what we are um, engaged with in ACRO, um, is, is that kind of ways of addressing it. When I say we, we've done our RBQM landscape survey, for instance, over three years now, you know, one of the things we're looking at is, so, so what parts of RBQM are easier and harder to adopt at the site level? And how can we uh, ideally um, address some of those burdens and barriers at the site level? Because that's, that's really where the rubber meets the road.
0: It's a really important topic, right, Doug, and, and I and I appreciate you bridging the gap between you know, what the, the topic at hand is here, uh, kind of the the topic du jour, I guess, for clinical research, that risk-based quality management, RBQM, and the role that ACRO plays in there and how that affects the site. So I, again, appreciate you making that connection for our listeners and, and emphasizing the importance of ACRO and uh, the, the, the technology partners and how that affects them. So as we mentioned, right, SCRS is very excited to be celebrating its 10-year anniversary. So talk to me a little bit more about how you were first introduced to SCRS and what would you say our impact has been together? You had mentioned the relationship that you had developed with Christine and and how she was a strong site advocate from day one. But But if you could expand on that a little bit, that would be great. So I guess I have been to
1: quite a number of site summits. Certainly several before SCRS was formed, and so, you know, a number of them over years. I think one of the things that's, that has come about is a kind of maturing of the relationship between sites and CROs and sponsors. Um, I, think, I think what SCRS has been instrumental with is really making is is not only giving the sites a voice, but but making clear that the sites are, you know, a a real stakeholder for CROs and sponsors to deal with. So whether it has to do with, you know, payment policies, or or the introduction of new technologies, or the the recruitment of more diverse patient populations i think what we've what we have jointly recognized is that all of us but especially including sites need to be engaged need to be involved in those conversations because you really can't get there by simply declaring here's the way you know clinical research practice works. Rather, you have to have a conversation so that we can evolve clinical research practice and reduce burdens for both patients and sites. And I think that is that is something that, at least for ACRO, our engagement with SCRS has really been helpful. I think our member companies, for instance, not just ACRO as an association, but our member companies, I think pretty much all of them are GIPs, Global Impact Partners. Um, a number of them have people that have been on the Leadership Council, as I have been along the way. So I think there's been a real, you know, investment, and I think it's a two-way investment. I think I think, you know, the sites have become have be been able to see themselves more and more as partners with. CROs and with sponsors, not just providers to CROs and sponsors. And I think that's a different relationship. And I think it's one that that, that both of us have aimed at over the last 10 years.
0: An excellent explanation, Doug, and it's really impactful to hear um, about the emphasis, right? And I, I do believe that um, our relationship with Acro, having stood the test of time, really has been foundational to where SCRS is today as you mentioned the relationships that we've been able to develop so closely with some of the members of ACRO um, is a testament to that's again that I'll use that term symbiotic that symbiotic relationship that we have together so um, thank you for bringing those points up and, and the emphasis there. Doug, I'll get into my last question here as we begin to close. What are some of the initiatives that Acro is working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? Or, I guess, what is Acro passionate about right now?
1: That's great. It's a great question, Jimmy. And I will say, so the first obvious one is RBQM. We've been we've been really investing in research and and in working with. Site sponsors regulators around RBQM adoption for for a number of years now. Um, like a number of organizations, we're also working on decentralized trials, and DCTs are obviously the, you know the topic du jour. I think what we're trying to bring to that conversation is a set of practical tools that allow sponsors, CROs, technology companies, and sites to deploy and to be confident in deploying decentralized trials. And that is, I mean, there will be very few trials that are fully decentralized. There will be a lot of hybrid trials that use different parts of a less centralized process. So whether it's, whether it's telemedicine, you know, or remote devices, there will be, there, there still will be clinical research sites, that's for sure. Um, but some of the activities that have typically taken place at the site level um, will take place in other, in other venues. Um, and I think what all of us are looking to do is to try to figure out A, how to make that work, and B, how to make it work, especially for patients and for sites. And so we've been pretty invested in kind of developing tools. And so one of them, you know, we developed a a data map, a set of data maps, because regulators and investigators really care about who has access to clinical trial data, and how it's protected, um, and we're developing a change management tool, a change management Q and A FAQ kind of approach, because um, one of the things that is probably probably a barrier to the the adoption of DCTs is really the question of change management. You know, how are sites, how are CROs, how are technology companies going to need to operate differently while still being assured that that they are compliant with regulations, that they are protecting patients, that they are keeping the integrity of data secure. So you know we we like others um are very much looking at dcts and then we like others including scrs um are are certainly looking at the issues around diversity and inclusion in trials um i think that for our industry writ large um the question of improving access to trials, the question of having more representative patient populations is really urgent. Um, And I think all of us, I think sponsors, CROs, technology companies, sites, certainly patient groups, um, are very much aware of um, the need for our industry um, to do a much better job than than it has done in the past. Um, So those are things that we that we care a lot about. Um, And I will say I I keep mentioning CROs and technology companies, you know, I started at the beginning by saying that the introduction and proliferation of technology is one of the things that's happened over these last 20 years. Um, And that's really reflected in Acro, you know, in the very beginning. We were an association of CROs, and today we are an association of CROs and technology companies because I think there is a, there's been a recognition that the technology companies, that many of the technologies to be deployed, they are not somehow merely vendors. They are indeed essential elements in the clinical development process and so if i talked about the way in which you know there's been an evolution in thinking around sites not merely as vendors but as partners i think there has been a similar evolution in thinking in terms of technology providers not merely as vendors but really as partners in the process because they are just they are just integral to how the process works today so I think that's, that's that's why ACRO is kind of a larger tent than it used to be. Um, and, you know, I think we're reflecting where, where, where our enterprise is going.
0: Excellent, Doug. A lot of really great programs that ACRO is involved in, and, and, and it will be exciting to see how those continue to develop and what the future of those is. And, and it is also equally as exciting to see the growth of the organization, right, starting, as you had mentioned, as a association of CROs and has grown into now encompassing far more reach within the industry. So thank you. I think it's an excellent place for us to end. And I want to thank you for your time, your uh, dedication to SCRS and uh, what what ACRO brings to our organization through that relationship that we have. And I want to thank you again for your time with us here today. You bet. Thanks, Jimmy. Everyone listening, make sure that you register for upcoming summits like our Global Site Solution Summit being held October 7th through the 9th in Hollywood, Florida, by visiting the summit section of our website, myscrs.org. While you're on our website, be sure to also check out our other SCRS publications and episodes of SCRS talks for the community in the publications section of that website as well. We appreciate everyone's participation in today's program and looking forward to having you join us for more great content in the future. Thank you for listening.